Welcome everybody to the one to go show presented by our friends over at Dirt Track Supply. It is Bert Lehman in the blue shirt. It is also Puka in the matching blue shirt, but I'm better known with the visor and it is the Ryan Aho in the TPO shirt. Uh, welcome everybody to episode 131. You guys How are we doing? So, you guys are so cute. You guys are uh, like brothers from another mother. I mean, okay. Ryan, apparently you didn't get the memo on uh, wardrobe. For this okay, week. so so Brad, Mike, one of you guys, can you send Bert <laughs> a visor? Get him a visor. I mean, if he's gonna be matching, they gotta be matching. You gotta get him a visor. <clears throat> so uh, hey, happy Memorial Day. Um, obviously, uh, we gotta, you know, we want to remember everybody that that su supported our country and served our country every day. But today's a special day for that, and you know, just want to thank everybody that served our country that's watching or listening to the show. But uh, Dirt Track Supply, you mentioned. Uh, mentioned dirt tracks a couple more wins um, yeah <laughs> jeremy castro has been he, that's all he does is win he's got five i think he's leading with soda right now with the most wins at five so arrow nation and then uh jason marco won i completely forgot he had an arrow he won last week at casino this week at casino andy rosso got it done so tell you they can get you parts they can work on stuff fix stuff get you safety equipment get you tires whatever you need but they also build really fast race cars. So get a hold of Ron and Trevor at Dirt Track Supply. Perfect. Well, let's do a little uh, regional recap here. Bert, why don't we start with you on uh, Eastern Wisconsin, some Shano Plymouth racing. Uh, yeah, the Dirt Kings uh, got their got uh, their next race in. They raced at Outagamie Speedway in Seymour. And... Um, the heat races uh, weren't anything to write home about. Uh, the track was really dry, and it was fight for the bottom. Uh, what do you they mean by work. that, Bert? What do you mean? There wasn't anything? Are you saying that the heat races were just so good and entertaining to speak for themselves, or was it kind of not so much that? Pretty much where you started is where you finish because there was really only one lane that uh, you could uh, race. I mean, when uh, – Tyler Scheffler starts in the back and doesn't advance any spots. Uh, you know that uh, there's not a lot of passing going on. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, they did, uh, um, during intermission, they did uh, water the high side. So the high side did come in a little bit. Uh, I mean, in the feature, they were racing uh, several grooves of racing. Uh, really, no groove was dominant over the other one, though. And... Uh, Troy Springborn started on the pole and he won the feature. Um, his second Dirt Kings feature of the year win. And uh, it's hard to believe that he had zero Dirt King features entering the season. And now he has two so far this season. So And three wins overall, right? So, I mean, he's off to yeah. a good start. Yeah, he's off to a very good start. And um, uh, Brett Swedberg was second and uh, Justin Ritchie, um, had a good showing started 15th in the feature and finished third. So he, he was on the charge. Uh, Taylor Scheffler fit, uh, started 20th in the feature and finished seventh. So he was on the move too. Uh, actually throughout the first half of the race, I was watching him on set of the leaders because he was, he was more fun to watch because he was running the high side uh, passing cars. So uh, um Nick Avalink started in the second row and he fell back a few spots in the running order. He wound up finishing sixth in the final running order. So he struggled a little bit. Um, 
I didn't talk to him the next night, but I, I was around people that he was talking to on Saturday night. And, um, he, he fully admitted that he, he did not, he said he put the wrong setup in the car that, uh, the setup he put in pushed him more in one, in the opposite direction that he wanted to go in. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't very good. I mean, he's going to get back to being a C student if he doesn't get a shit together. <laughs> yeah, possibly. And uh, remember early in the year, I said to uh, um, watch Luke Postel. He finished fifth in, in that feature at Seymour. So he had a good, strong run. Nice. All well, right. You also went, you went to Shano too, didn't you? Yes, uh, I was at Channel Speedway, and um, <clears throat> now Saturday, Shano's track was totally different than Seymour's uh, track because uh, it rained on and off throughout the day, um, so the track was tacky. It was a fast track. Um, they actually asked for drop to cars to come out and help pack the track. You know that's how tacky it was, and you don't see that too often anymore at, at tracks. And uh, but it was it was actually refreshing watching uh, races on a fast track uh, that, you know, we talk about the action on a small track, but, you know, when it's a fast track, that's when half miles are kind of fun to watch racing. Um, Eldora <laughs> was a little talk about that later. We'll that talk about that one later. On <laughs> uh, I mean, that's one thing at Shano, though. It didn't get rough. It's just it was probably a little bit too wet. Uh, because they, they were only able to push the racing groove like a little over halfway up the track. Um, but um, it's better than dry, dusty, and, and that sort of thing. So, um, But Joel Bennett uh, started on the outside front row, and he led uh, every lap, and he won the feature. So it's his first feature win of the year. Uh, Nick Avaline finished second, so he did rebound a little bit. Uh, he uh, he tried to get by Joel several times, but uh, the cushion was the dominant side, and it it you know uh, he wasn't able to make the pass for the lead, so he finished second. <laughs> when when is the last time Joel Bennett won a feature? Um, I think he won one last year. He he's he's probably won two or three there uh, in his career in the. In this late model division, when they race fast track late models, uh, there is once, I mean, he won double digit features at least one year, if not multiple years at Channel Speedway okay. Okay. in the fast track division. So uh, he, he knows how to get, get around the track. Um, uh, he's got a MB custom car this year, so that's new for him. Um, I don't know if it's the brand new car. I think he probably bought it from Todd Frank because uh, uh, Todd Frank and Joel Bennett, they're, they're really good friends. They park next to each other when they're at the races. Uh, Todd Frank went to Victory Lane Saturday night to congratulate Joel and he even got his picture taken in Victory Lane with Joel. So, you know, that's how close friends they are. And uh, then uh, Joel Bennett has, I believe they said he has a pro power motor this year too. So, you know, he, it sounds like he's upgraded his equipment a little bit this year. He's coming to play then. He's coming to play. So overall, pretty good racing over there, Eastern Wisconsin. Puka, I know you went to our stomping grounds over in Hibbing. Um, it's one of the few tracks that does not have live streaming. Thankfully, Burdick's got some streaming and a few others, but 
you know, what stuck out to you over at the Hibbing Raceway this past weekend? Yeah, yeah it was a d- decent night. You know, car count was about the same as the opener. A uh, couple things I noticed. Trent Falmer in the house. Good to see. So he's back in a late model, Bert. I don't know if you remember that name, Trent Falmer. Oh, yeah. Lake. yeah. You know, back and I see he was down at Rice Lake too. But, I, got um, a, I got his Brian, name for later on in the show. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so that was cool to, that was really cool to, cool to see. Uh, Mods went caution free. Dwayne Dale. I think we did talk about him just a little bit, Ryan, or at least we were talking in the booth. I think he's racing for Carpenter. I don't know if we ever got confirmation, but this week the, the car came lettered, you know, and he's raced a long time and, I would say he probably admit he's had limited success, but boy, he was fast. And I don't know, this might be the year. Maybe he has kind of a breakout year this year. Um, so Dwayne Dale looked really good. Uh, they had the Northern Renegade Sprints. They went caution-free. So hipping race, but here's something you could do. At 6.30 start time, it's kind of a little early. Like if, you were, if you're out at the lakes or you're camping, you want to make the races, you know, by the time you get supper and you get your kids rattled up 6.30 because they're racing the late bottle heats. They go, what, Midwest mods and then lates. So you kind of got to be there on time if you want to see the lates. You might almost be better. And then plus the sun on the track, although we haven't seen any sun this year. But 7 o'clock might be an option for you again on, on start times because I think we wrapped up about 20 after 9. You know, so it was it was, it was was pretty early. But and, and they've been starting. They started on time, right on time. So that's good, too. Um, so that is one thing. And then the one thing, though, I just don't know. And, Bert, I wanted to talk to you about this. So it was three of the kids came with me. Obviously, an adult admission, two student admissions. It was $39 for admission. I get $39 out of racing. I don't know if my kids do. I don't know if the casual fan would. You said you went to Top Gun this weekend. Everybody's talking about Top Gun. Do you remember what you paid for the movie? I don't remember what I paid for the movie, but I paid $14 for a thing of popcorn and a (laughs) thing of soda. So probably about the same. And that's, I mean, it, it was probably 12 bucks or so. I mean, 10, 12 bucks, you know, so, and, and Ryan, obviously you've got the promoter hat, but I just wonder sometimes, you know what I mean? You got, so you got Tom Cruise promoting this Top Gun movie for 12, 13, 14 bucks. Maybe it's about the same as the races, a little bit different individual promoting versus, you know what I mean? So I just, it's never really hit me. My kids have been young. Some of them I've always gotten to free, in for free, but you know, I was kind of like, Ooh, it's $40. Like, and I'll do it, but I'm a hardcore. So go ahead, Ryan. I, I agree totally. Right. You know, so all of these tracks, it's not just giving, it's all of them East coast to West coast, not all of them. Cause Sean, I believe is still 10 bucks to get in. Right. Yes. Yes. So, and they get a big, so, so get this Sean, not a huge town, not a huge population. Right. Ten dollars to get in, and I'm telling you right now, they have double the fans that Hibbing, Rapids, Proctor, Superior get on a regular night. When I talked to Brad up there, he said they get you know thousand, twelve hundred people a night up there in Shano. Our tracks, Hibbing, all that. You know what they get? Four, five hundred people. Okay, so what they're doing, all these tracks are doing, is they are replacing actual promoting with overinflated ticket prices because they're like oh we got to pay the bills somehow how about going to work and get more people to come i don't know right so i'm down in superior wisconsin right now you know i'm here actually you know i got another week here in superior and the border battle or not border battle the mod nationals were in town last weekend in superior and i'm thinking hey i'm gonna go to superior you know it's three miles to the track I'm like, well, if I go to the track, I'm going to go in the pits. I want to visit with everybody, right? Forty freaking dollars to get in the pits. It's a cold day in hell before I'm going to pay $40 to get. It's just not happening. 
not doing it, right? So I looked at that. I'm like, I'm not paying that insane price. I think it was 40. That that seems ridiculous. Yeah. Somebody can maybe look and verify. Might have been Confident. 30. Pretty confident it was 40. And either way, I'm like, I ain't paying that. Thing. No, it was 40 because it's 30 on a regular night. So it was $40 to get in the pits. I'm like, how is that a good thing? That You look at their car cones for the Ma Nationals, there's nobody there. Why? Costs too much to get in. I mean, fuel costs are higher. Tire costs are going up if you can get them. Everything is going up, right? And you got this overinflated ticket price, right? Well, you know what I did on Friday night, guys? I sat right here in my hotel. I turned on the computer. I literally had nine browsers open. And I watched nine races. Nine. I watched nine. And guess what that cost me? Very little, right? Yeah. Very little. We had to pay for some streaming platforms, right? But comparatively speaking, it wasn't even close. I saw somebody did a, I saw on Facebook this last week, somebody went on there and they, they were being this profound expert on, on tracks. And he had some good points talking about tracks need to promote and they got to quit blaming streaming platforms. But he come out and said, it is far better being at the racetrack than it is watching online. For some, yes, not for all. Some people will absolutely say, I'd way rather be there. I gotta be honest, it was cold and superior. It is it cold all week, right? It's cold. You don't you don't got wait in line for nothing. It is way too easy to sit and watch racing online. And if they're gonna keep charging that much. That's just not good. They're going to have to lower the ticket prices and get more people to the racetrack. Them prices, like you're paying to bring a family there and you're trying to get the kids to like racing, you're going to keep paying that. They don't even love it yet like we do. I don't know. I mean, Bert, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I, I just wanted to add, um, you know, like for Dirt King's races, uh, <laughs> it's up to the track what they charge. I believe Shano was still $10 for opening night when Dirt King's raced there. Um, at Seymour on Friday night, it was $15 to get in, uh, because it was a, a dirt Kings race. And I, don't quote me on this, but I think their regular weekly price is $12 for adults. And so that, you know, they raised it $3 because the dirt Kings were there. Yeah. That ain't um, but, uh, you know, th this is probably a topic for another week, but there's been a lot of discussion in Eastern Wisconsin on Facebook regarding pit passes for kids. Um, cause like at Shano Speedway, it doesn't matter what, what age the kid is, it's $25, the same as adults. Some other tracks in Eastern Wisconsin, you know, they have a pit pass price for adults, a pit pass price for kids, which is a little bit less. Um, so, you know, a lot, you know, there's, there's been a lot of people complaining that Shano charges, you know, a five-year-old kid $25 to get into the pits. And, uh, well, I mean, I can remember though, when I was younger, if you weren't 16, you weren't going in the pits. I mean, there was actually an age restriction, uh, to get into the pits. Yeah. So I'm going to touch on that because I was a person that I brought my daughter to the races all the time when I was racing, you know, because I was single dad and she come with me and, you know, just, there's only one track that wouldn't let her in the pits. And that was Jim Falls. But, uh, we found somebody in the grandstand friend of mine, their wife, they're like, Hey, we'll watch her. I think she she ended up falling, getting slivers, which she came out in the pits anyway, right? But uh, I tell you what, charging $25 to get a kid in the pits, there's got to be a cutoff there, 
right? Because there's a lot of racers out there that maybe bring their kids, maybe they're single parents or whatever. Um, I think it should still be free under a certain age, um, maybe six, maybe eight, whatever in the pits. If they're old enough to start, you know, putzing on the car or whatever, charge them a reduced rate. Um, I know Superior Hibbing, a lot of the tracks, I believe it's $10 to get in the pits for under a certain age. You'd have to look at their websites for that. But I think you're spot on. Um, $25 to get in the pits. A lot of tracks over here are $30 to get in the pits on a regular night. You just can't have that. And let's add, you know, they're talking about Hornets, right? Hornets is the new beginner class. They're trying to get the youth involved, right? So I'm a firm believer that if you're under the age of 18, it should not cost you 30 bucks to get in the pits. It should cost half of that, 15 maybe, right? Because you got all these, if you want to get a whole lot more kids, you can't charge them $30 to get in. They, they ain't coming, you know? So you, they, they got to really start looking at, I guess it's just a simple economic principles, right? I mean, you can charge way more and have less people and try to equal it out, or you can charge less and yeah, you're going to get less per person, but hopefully you get more people as a result. They, they got to do that. So goose was talking, right. A friend of the show, you know, we all know goose and he was like, you know, and, and he, he was trying to make a point and I get his point and I do agree with what he was saying. You know, how come these places aren't all working together? You know, you look at these car counts, but there's other variables, you know, when we talked about that, he was talking about the mod nationals, mod nationals. They didn't even have a B main. It was 1500 to win, not even a B main, right? The only B main was in the Midwest modified division. Well, looking at that initially, he was thinking, well, these other tracks, they didn't drop modifiers. Half them guys don't travel anyway, right? Mississippi Thunders, USRA, Mana Video guys, thousand to win modified special. Bert, how many cars do you think Mana Video Fiesta City Speedway had for a thousand to win mod special? Rough guess. Twelve. Six. <laughs> Six, right? So, and and that's they got their own ball of they got all kinds of problems on Mana Video. They're only getting five to eight cars per class. They got to they got to fix the culture down there. I'm not sure what their story is. But I talked to John Hardy extensively, right? And even Provenzino mentioned online, 1,500 to win ain't a huge deal anymore, right? Especially when it's like 150. I'm not exactly sure what it was to start. Let's just call it 150. Well, let's do the math. And I'm not trying to pick on any one individual show, right? Because a lot of them are the same deal, but you got $40 pit pass, okay? Well, is it fair to say that a driver is going to go there maybe with a couple people with them? right? So now you're $120 in, you haven't even unloaded the car yet. And what's it cost for fuel? I mean, these haulers get, you know, I mean, as low as five, as high as 12, they don't get very good fuel mileage. So by the time you drive to the track, you pay to get in, you pay for pit parking, you pay for draw fee. Now all of a sudden you're $400 into the show and, and you literally aren't, there's no way to make money, right? You got to finish up in the top three, four. So these, I think we got to get back to promoting weekly racing. Got to, I mean, we have specials every single week and we talk about it on here. We love specials. We like it. They're fun to watch. Why? Typically more cars, right? More exciting. But the fact of the matter is, if you don't have a good weekly program, this, the specials are all going to struggle anyway. There ain't going to be enough cars. 
Well, and I just want to, I mean, just because you call it a special doesn't mean it's a special anymore. So, um, you, you know, if, if you're having a special every weekend, it's real. Is it really a special? No, it, it's really not. And, and I would say if modified racing right now, it just is what it is. I mean, USMTS tonight, they struggled. They only had 20 some cars, but they've been getting some pretty good car counts. But that's a whole, we could, we could talk for hours on end about the prices to get in and why cars aren't there, why fans ain't there. But the part of the problem is definitely the cost. Puka touched on that. And, and they got to look at alternative ways to create revenue whack, rather than whacking everybody in the pocketbook every time they come in. And do it. They got they to fix that. So, well, and Puka, you said $39. That's just admission for you and your family? Oh, well, yeah. Of course, they make five. I mean, that, that, doesn't even, that doesn't even count food. And yeah. I know food prices have gone up this year at <laughs> track. Yeah, yeah. And, I, like, and I had my youngest is still free at 12 and then my oldest was working. So he wasn't, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, it could, you know, if you, a family goes, I mean, I've got a little bigger family, but it could be 60 bucks to get you started just to get through the gate, you know? And, and like I said, I'm a hardcore, I'm going to do it. But like I said, Ryan, we're trying to attract that. Hey, let's, let's go give the races a try, you know? And, and I just, I just don't want to see them scared off. You know, like I said, if, if they can go to Top Gun for cheaper and Tom Cruise is there, and you know the mom's going to like to see Tom Cruise more than she's going to like to see Tyler <laughs> kick on Tyler. So, uh, you know, so that it is what it is, right? So, uh, Tyler, them shots were fired by Puka. I, <laughs> me and Bert like you better than Tom Cruise. It just, it's just Puka that I, I don't know what his problem is. I'm just jealous. You know, he's getting married in September, you know, big time wedding, all that stuff. I mean, what a stud. So, well, let's move on, uh, Ryan. Top uh, five moments of the week. Yeah, brought to you by our friend Brad Parson. Of course, he's a late model driver, um, and, and he's in the farm, in, in the agriculture, right? He's in, in that community. So, obviously, I'm hoping the farmers all have their stuff planted. But this is the time you get a hold of Brad. Be in communication with Brad and his team. You know, they have what you need to increase yields, increase um, profitability, you know, give some of his stuff a try, do some testing because the cost of everything's going up. Everybody's trying to make more money and possibly he's the guy that might help you do that. So Brad Parson and his team, give them a call. But our top five moments of the week, guys, and then we'll get into a little recap of what happened this weekend because there was some really good racing. There was some crazy stuff, some exciting stuff, but number five, at the Johnny Appleseed at Eldora, Josh Richard looks, he looked like he was in a prize fight. So number five is going to be the caution where Josh Richards got just pummeled in the face by a chunk of mud. I didn't see the picture of the mud, but I saw his face and it looked like somebody smacked him in the face with a baseball bat. So Bert touched on half miles, right? Are exciting when there's a little grip on them. That was a little much. That was a, that was a call. Well, there's having grip and there's, as uh, Kyle Bronson said, racing in a horse pasture. I don't. <laughs> yeah, he, he, got a... he said cow pasture. <laughs> the the he report did. I heard is he has a broken nose and a broken jaw. Yeah, I oh, heard. No yeah. kidding. His, his nose is shattered and he's going to meet with a surgeon tomorrow, I guess, to find out the next step and what they're going to do. And was it concerning to you guys that it took the safety guys like an hour? I mean, it took seemed like it took forever. He's waving his hand out the window, and they were just kind of tootling along to go over to him. It's like he's waving out the window. That usually means, like, get your butt over here. 
I was a little bit concerned, maybe a little bit of a donkey award to the safety crew at, at Eldora. Get your shit together. I mean, that was that was a scary deal. Well, I mean, I watched it live and I didn't see him with his hand out the window. But but yeah, I mean, the way they portrayed it on TV was, you know, he spun out and, you know, that was about it. And it was mid-afternoon. Actually, I was waiting for Top Gun. So I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw that uh, he went to the hospital with uh, injury to his face because of mud clumps. And I'm thinking they sure didn't make it look like that when I was watching the telecast. Yeah, we got the picture posted here. So if you're watching it online, it's pretty graphic. I mean, he got he got pummeled in the face good. So let's move on. Number four, the Show Me 100. Tell you what, that was a good race. And that was a track I usually say, I'm not a big fan always of watching slick tracks, but that track was pretty slick. A little food out there, extremely racy. Jonathan Davenport looked like he was going to be the guy to beat again. Here comes Fergie. They get into lap traffic, and and uh, I, I don't know if JD's glasses fogged up. Not sure what happened, but he just took a swing and a miss, almost put the lap car, drove into Fergie, spun himself out, and Ferguson goes on to win $50,000 at the Show Me 100. Uh, what do you think when JD lost his marbles there? What the hell was he doing? That he's, That's not him. Well, I mean, I think he realized he needed to get past that lap car. But, yeah, I'm not quite sure um, what he thought he was going to do because he drove in hard and Earl Pearson Jr. was in front of him. And I actually backed it up and I watched it like three or four times. And you could see he had his his front tires locked up because he was traveling faster than what <laughs> Pearson was traveling. And then he had nowhere to go. He thought he could go high and that's when he hit Fergie and spun out. And so, I mean, you know, uh, that's all on him. Technically he never, he never stopped though on the track. He didn't, he didn't. <laughs> if, that was, if that was a world of outlaw race, right. He would have had the blend rule. They probably would have put him back in fifth, sixth, seventh, wherever he would have fell back in line. Being it was Lucas oil, he goes all the way to the back. So that's the difference in the rules. World of outlaws has that blend rule. Not, not sure I agree with the rule because he clearly caused the caution. But racers, that just goes to show you that the best in the business steps on their dick just like the rest of us, okay? <laughs> so don't feel so bad when you do. Number three, the reigning was sort of modified national champion. Guys, the move of the week. If you haven't watched this yet, jump on to Dirt Race Central, go to the Casino Speedway, watch the modified feature because Tyler Peterson was phenomenal. I mean, we all know how good he is, and we all know how good that track is, but the move that he put on Mike Stearns in lap traffic to win that race, well, that just puts chills down my back, man. That was that was sexy. I, I texted him. I'm like, man, that was impressive. It was good stuff. Absolutely the move of the week, possibly up to this point, the move of the season. Just a complete crossover move, four wide, I believe it was, for the lead um, through lap traffic. It, it was good stuff. So get on to Watch DRC.TV, Dirt Race Central. They carry all the action. Check out the Casino Speedway. I call that the Falls of South Dakota is what I call that. <laughs> so number at number two, a pair of – we've talked about this, guys, right? Your big late model fans. But what have I said over the last couple of years is brings out possibly the most entertaining racing regionally. Yeah, the street stocks. Street stocks. 
back-to-back unbelievable Donnie Brooks over at the Viking Speedway, the high-flying half-mile in Alexandria, Minnesota. Browers, and, and I know they listen to the show, and I like them guys, and Brayden Browers, one of my picks to win the national championship. The Browers got snake bit, both of them. Brayden Brower led night one, Colton Brower led night two, late cautions. They, they're losing sleep because they both had a shot to win the Stephens Feedstock Tour races. So the first one, Stephens Feedstock Tour action, Braden Brower is out front. And uh, I mean, I tell you what, it was an absolute phenomenal, phenomenal race. Kyle Jeanette had the lead, rolled the tire off. There's a caution with, I believe, five to go. Hunter Carter low, Dykoff high, three wide. Brower slips back. And uh, I tell you what, Hunter Carter by a nose at the line. His first win since 2013. Ooh. Since 2013. You could have put a blanket over the top five. The second night, Colton Brower actually had a pretty big lead. It looked like that's the brother of Braden. Yellow comes out with just a few to go there. Justin Vogel had slipped back. He worked back into it. Um, Sadder, Kyle Dykoff. I mean, another one. Just a blanket over the top. And, and Vogel, actually Vogel got passed with two to go by uh, Ryan Saturn, yellow come out and saved him. And uh, he didn't screw up after that. Dykoff went from sixth to second in the last, I think the last two laps. Just unbelievable racing. Hats off to the crew down at the Viking Speedway. Highly entertaining. The Stephens Speedstock Tour never disappoints. And the number one um, moment of the week. Did you guys watch Houston's last night? I did not. Okay. So Houston's. I'm not sure if you knew this, but they had late models at Houston's. Okay, it was 5,000 to win, Tri-State Series, right? Um, Don Shaw got set. Zeitner won that, right? Don Shaw got second. Dave Moss got third. Lance Shield got fourth. So three Wissota guys oh. in the top four. But the sprint car race, guys, 15-year-old Ryan Timms pulled off a slider on the last corner, passing the madman, Kerry Madsen, and he beat him by four one thousandths of a second at the line 15 year old kid in a 410 sprint car right we're talking about 15 year old kids at street stocks and Mons. 15 year old kids passing carrie madsen who's won some big races he got it done at huron unbelievable racing down there crazy stuff we'll talk later a little bit on the on the last lap about what happened afterwards at huron but they were the top five moments of the week so a lot of racing a lot of racing you talked about having uh my dad mentioned, too, that Dwayne Dale was the fastest car on the track. Luca, I can't believe you got to give a little love, man. What town are we from? Chisholm. Chisholm represent, right? Jeffrey Wood Jr. parking in yeah. victory lane. Come on. Come on. Luca, you, you got it. When a Chisholm guy wins, I expect you to. Oh, did I? Yeah, I might have said Dale uh, won earlier. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Dale, Dale was a guy that just had a really good run, you know, really good run. Because Esty kept trying to close the gap, trying to close the gap, and he just couldn't he couldn't do it. I mean, Dale looked really, really smooth and really, really good. And, and I'm surprised. So Jeffrey Wood. There was, what, 11 mods there, which okay, I was yeah. I was surprised by because a few of them, right, weren't there. Brokings weren't there down at Ogilvy. So maybe that's a sign that there will be a few more mods. I was thinking six or seven, but there was a few more. Happy to see that. So. Puka, I know that you're all about this. You're going to have to keep me on track here. All right, can you do that? Is seven, okay, give me like 10 minutes. We're going to try to do the fastest 10-minute recap. So we don't, I, I could go on for three hours, but I'm trying not to do that. So 
talk a little bit about Wasota Racing. And I watched a lot of racing, and I went through all the results. KRA Speedway opened up on Thursday. Speedstocks, he went to my pick right there to win the national championship. Braden Brower, four wins on the year for the 34. Brandon Mirworth in the Midwest Mods. Jake Knapper, guys, three for three in the Superstocks right now, running really strong. Keep an eye on him in Western Minnesota. In this 7A guy, I ain't heard of him before. He won the, the modified division, um, the Ironman, Shane Sebraski. Wishak opened up over Tri-County over in North Dakota. Chris Ritter in the Streeters, Midwest Mods. Dawson Zabel, that's a kid to keep an eye on from over in South Dakota. I raced against his dad in the Supers. Hell of a driver. Another guy that was there, guys, your reigning national champ in the Midwest Mods, of course, Lucas Rodin. I talked to his dad earlier that day. He was jumping off the back or they were cleaning out the, the trailers, right? They do trucking, stepped on a rock, broke his ankle, right? Reigning national champ broke his ankle. So he toughed it out, had a heck of a, the weekend went from bad to worse. The racing did not good. He should have stayed home, but uh, he's back in the track. He's got a boot on it. So get well soon, Lucas Rodin. Norman County Raceway up in Ada. Guys, four Midwest mods, four. I don't know what to say about that, right? Reese Stenberg got it done, parked in Victory Lane. And then on Friday night, over at the Black Hill Speedway in Rapid City, Street Stocks, Troy Murner, Midwest Mod, number four on the year for Matt Heinzerling out in Rapid City. The Brown County Speedway, Jaden Crist. We talked a little bit in the past about Billy Crist. Jaden's his kid. Second of the year from eighth, parked in Victory Lane. And uh, do you remember the Dirt Doctor, Lauren Johnson? Yes, number three. Championship. He beat me for 10 grand. They had Orb Spot of Gold at the 100. They narrowed it down to all these classes. Me, him, and I think Dave Moss for the last three. He got 10 grand. I think I got a bag of um, silver dollars for 25 bucks. But Lauren Johnson in Victory Lane. Super Stocks, Trevor Nelson. Night number one, DNF. Parked in Victory Lane here. Uh, took advantage of the point average lineup. And ultra-consistent Dale Ames and an MB. Keep an eye on that six out there in the mods. Late models did not get it in. Electric City Speedway. Puka, have you been there out in Great Falls? Yes, sir. I figured you have kind of a pretty neat-looking place, isn't it? Yeah, Speed that's Stock. the one. It's, it's a nice. It overlooks the city. You're up on a hill, and you look. The Missouri River is down, and you see the whole city. So it's kind of – it was a little run down, but this was – 20 years ago, but uh, I got to get, I got to get out there. Little I, I've, been, I've been bothered. I've been told I got to get out there, but Jeremy Castro, Arrow Nation, Victory Lane, night number one, Corey Craver, night two, Joey Price, the guy to keep an eye on in the Midwest mods. He got her done and Casey Stephenson. He's tough to beat out at electric city. Fiesta city speedway over in Montevideo street stocks, Ben Albertson, Midwest mods, Derek Reek, tons of podiums last year. Keep an eye on 34 J Jake Knapper, as I said, three for three on the year. Thousand to win for the Modifieds over at the Fiesta City Speedway. They had a special six cars, six. And they had one traveler, right? Um, Dave Kane went there. So Dave Kane went there. They only had five, but Matt Gilbertson, Gilby put in victory lane, thousand dollar payday to him. And Jordan Tollickson from buyracers.com, our, our good buddy Jordan. Not a lot of cars in the late models, but he got her done. Gallatin Speedway. Have you been to this track out in Belgrade? Yes. Oh, you have? So yep. I've been to all these Montana tracks. Right. Me and Bert got to get there. We haven't been there. Rob <laughs> Petroff, a fan of the show. He finally got one done. Petroff, you, you need to quit letting Craver and Castro whoop your tail. Good to see you in Victory Lane. 
Nick Hunter got it done in the Supers. Chateau Speedway had the USMTS, but they had the Midwest Mods as well. Caden Calf getting it done in the 83X. I-94 Speedway, they had the Stephas Speedstock opener there on Friday night. 15-year-old Ty Egan, keep an eye on this kid. Rocket fast. He ran well at Viking Speedway. He parked it in Victory Lane, winning the first of three Stephas Speedstock tours. And uh, Midwest Mods, the Brock star, Brock Runwald, he got off to a fast start. Remember, he won down at Bristol, right? He's, I tell you what, there's a guy right there. Write this down right now. Brock Grunwald will be in the conversation for national championship. And late models, I don't know if you saw who won late models. Did you see? I didn't see. Danny Vang, first career oh. late model winner in the KME yeah. Rocket. So he runs up at the Hibbing Raceway all the time. Um, multiple championships up in Hibbing. Congratulations, Danny Vang, um, on getting your first win in the Wissota Late Model Division. That was pretty cool to see. River City Speedway up in Grand Forks. Trey Hess getting it done in the streets. And then Lance Schill. He, I tell you, this, this cat's been fast. He won in the, mod, in the Midwest Mods from eighth, and he won in the Late Model. So a pair of wins on the night for Lance Schill in the 17. We talked about the Gondekloss Speedway. They had the Mod Nationals, night number one rained out. Night number two, Zach Benson snuck by Ashley Merworth. Ashley Merworth looked like she was going to run away and hide. A late yellow, and Zach Benson slipped by her and got his, uh, I think that was his first of the year. Kennedy Swan, a gal we talked about a lot last year, that she got piled into the fence. That car is a little shorter. I believe it went back to the frame rack after that. I didn't see her anywhere, but it, it was not a good deal. Super stocks. I just quite honestly don't know if he will lose this year, but we'll find out. But Shane Sabrasky, just give him a complete ass kicking. Started on the front row, I think, with Taryn Spacek. And uh, Taryn had some struggles, and Shane Sabrasky did not. And he was checked out. Modified feature. Johnny Broking looked like uh, he was going to be the guy to beat. Scattered an engine leading. No. And uh, our buddy Brandon Cop, he parked in Victory Lane. He's got a new MB out there this year. I think that was going to be a pretty good race. Johnny's been good, but uh, Brandon Cop, that was his uh, second of the year because he won last week over at the Halverine Speedway. Saturday, New Wissota Track, Tomahawk Speedway, Brandon Hackla, by the way, Zuli Race Engine for Brandon Hackla, parked in Victory Lane in the streeter. Devil's Lake Speedway, <sighs> they watch the show all the time. Nolan Heather, I got to get some cars in. I think they had like six or seven. There was other stuff going on, but man, I, I like that place. It's a fun racetrack to, to watch and kind of a neat atmosphere. Not sure what the deal was with car count. Maybe people out in the field, maybe that maybe had something to do with it. Greg Josie in the streeter, Preston Carr in the Midwest Mod. Greenbush opened up on Saturday. Weston Ramsrud in the streeter, Chris Edmonds in the Midwest Mod, and this guy, one TPO, Tyler Peterson, and I, I was kind of thinking, well, he didn't go to the Mod Nationals. I'm thinking, oh, probably easier going to Greenbush. Second place, Dustin Strand. Third place, Ward Emery. There's a few Ooh. national championships in that top three. Oh. It, was not, it was not cherry picking. He was, he was against some pretty stout cars. So Peterson, a good weekend. Jamestown, Chris wins again. Not Jaden. This time it was Billy. About time, not letting the kid out, do you? But his kid did get second. And uh, Tanner Thice in the Midwest Mods. Miller Central Speedway. I want to give a hats off, right? Tip of the cap to the racing community down in Miller, South Dakota, because 
they were originally going to cancel. They had some issue with equipment. They found banded together. The drivers went out and they found some equipment to get things put back together. Not sure the whole story, but it was basically a great example of the racing community working together to get the show in. And uh, they got it done. Streeters, James Hoying, Brock Stout, who kind of dominates over there. I saw pictures of his car. I don't know what happened, but it is junk. I mean, that thing was destroyed. I'm not sure what happened. Midwest Mods, Mikey Nichols from 7th. Supers, $1,000 to win for the Super Stocks. 71 winning in the Super Stocks. I, I just, I like music to my ears. I like that. Trevor Nelson, congratulations. Superman Mike Stearns in the Mods. And a rare visit from the deuce, Dave Moss, winning in the late models. Probably went there because he was going to Cusett, uh, Sarah, on Sunday. That would be yeah. my guess. Ogilvy on Saturday, they had the Mod Nationals rained out on Sunday. They got one of the two nights in. My dark horse pick for the Midwest Mod National Championship, Jake Smith, flat out thumped them in the Midwest Mods. And uh, Super Stocks and Modifieds, some orange and blue car, uh, ain't heard of them. Shane Sabraski absolutely getting it done at the big O. Congratulations to Shane Sabraski. Rice Lake Speedway, guys. I, I don't know if it was rain. I don't know what the weather was like, but I'm going to be honest. I was impressed. I, I was impressed. They How had, was the sprint race? Did you see the sprint was, race? It wasn't bad. I mean, like it was. It's it's sprint cars at Rice Lake. It wasn't bad. But what I will say is this. Traditionally, over the last couple of years, that place locks down, rubbers up on lap three, and there was moisture all weekend. It probably had some rain, but that tells me one thing, right? And that tells me if you get enough water on the place, it will hold. Yeah. And it did. So that was pretty impressive. Terrence Spacek doubled up the second night, which would have been uh, Sunday night. He got done from eighth, and me and my buddy Chonga were my old pit guy. We were watching that. His car turned like a road raider, right? It didn't even turn. And he still willed it to the win. So Terrence Spacek has been red hot. The Dirty 30. Remember we talked last week about Jerry Amundsen and all that? Family. I don't know. I believe it would be grandkid of Jerry Amundsen, Sean Amundsen. 30, uh, the number 30 doubled up in the street stocks. And then the late model race there, they had the trackside collectibles 40, right? The Hermantown Hammer, Daryl Nelson, put it in victory lane. A little bit kind of curious. No James Giassi, I don't believe. I didn't, I didn't see him there. Neither Mars was there. Demo wasn't there, right? Glenn's wasn't. I'm was like, Sam Mars there? No, I don't know. No, I he won that last year, right? Yeah, he won it last year. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not really sure why. The track was actually pretty decent. I know they mentioned they were doing family things, but it's like there's not many specials around. Why not go, you know? Bert, last Last year, was that part of the Wasota Challenge Series? No, not that one. Okay, okay. Not that one. Oh, and Sam might have, you know, is he graduating? Might have been grad party weekend. Is he a senior? I'm not or is sure. he's high school? I'm not sure. Yeah. And, and quite honestly, a lot of the late model guys had said, we're a little concerned about going back to Rice Lake because it's been terrible, right? And the track was actually pretty good. I, I'm really honestly pleasantly surprised. I've got to give them whatever they did. Maybe they had Mother Nature help. I don't know. But the track was actually pretty good. It held up all weekend. Superstock feature, it was a three-way battle. That one was really good. There was, like, you could put them over a blanket, put a blanket over the top three. Once SpaceX got by, he checked out. But it was pretty good racing. I was pretty impressed. Viking Speedway had a doubleheader this past weekend. We talked about the street stocks, right? 
You know, and it's just worth mentioning again. Street stock action. You late model fans out there that just like, oh, late models are done. I'm going home. Sit your ass back down in your seat. Watch the street stocks. It's worth staying. Okay, they're good. So hats off again, Hunter Carter and Justin Vogel. Midwest Mods, the Cobra Cody Lee from seventh. Night number two, Brock Runwald, his second of the weekend. Super Stocks, Trevor Sauer. The, I think he's like the back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back track champion over there. Prowse, get your shit together. Sick of seeing that guy win and not you. Nothing against Trevor Sauer. And how about this? A huge congratulations to my buddy, Bailey, Bailey Rosh, who his dad used to pit for Krause and uh, got his first career super stock feature win. Thumped him, too. He was pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. And uh, in the mods, Danny Byer and Travis Sauer. Emo Speedway, just north of the border, opened up. Midwest Mods, Jamie Davis. He was down at Hibbing for the opener. Tanner Williamson in the modifieds. Cedar Lake Speedway. I got a question for you guys. They had the Pack the Stands night, the Cook Memorial. I mean, the Cooks are Cedar Lake Speedway, right? Nothing against the Coptons, but it's the Cooks that put that together. And that's the classes you get for the Cook Memorial? Come on. Right? I mean, I mean, what the hell? I mean, they didn't even have normal classes. Is that like a little disrespectful, maybe? Not. What do you think? Well, they've been trying those free nights for several years, and they must work right back. One time they were giving away free corn, too. I think they do that one towards the fall. Nothing against the free nights, but the Cook Memorial <laughs> should be like a real race, right? Like the Cook Memorial, make that something big. It's the Cook Memorial. I mean, the whole the Cook family made Cedar Lake what it is, and you're going to give them that? I mean, sounds like the crowd was pretty good, but yeah, I think they had, I don't know what they had, super stocks for sure, and I think they might have had like a 600 cc car it, it's cars they don't normally run they didn't have mods midwest mods late models they didn't have that i'm not sure how i feel about that but in the super I, I see your point on that if i'm just saying i you know if you're not even racing the majority if the majority of the divisions there aren't your regular divisions it's yeah it's a little weird yeah, um, I, I kind of feel dis. I feel like that's just disrespectful. I don't know. I just that's something don't sit right. I guess, but it is what it is. If they're happy, I'm happy. <laughs> um, but in the supers, Chris Gorka guys was impressive, and he has a race for a few years. I raced against him. You know, at the uh, at the end of my career, he was in a super. I think he was going to kind of thump Jesse Redetsky. He was looking pretty good. And something broke in the steering, and he got the fence, and he spawned. I just about collected Radetsky. Jesse Radetsky went on to drive away, but Corka was looking pretty good. Going to have to keep an eye on him to see if maybe he can steal a couple over there. You mentioned the Hibbing Raceway, Andrew Inman, Tristan Labarge in the TRC house car in the Super, Jeffrey Wood, and Kyle Peterlin. How good of a race was that? Burdick sounds like he led most of that. And yeah. Peterlin get him late? Yeah, I'd say... 12 to go, 10 to go, and Peterlin just, you know, patient, veteran, kind of more so, just, you know, he just uh, slow reel, and then, uh, yeah, he got him, so yeah, late model race was, it was pretty good, the track was was pretty good, and and we kind of, we all in the booth picked Burdick, we thought he was going to walk with it, but um, Peterlin had other plans. Yeah, I thought Kyle Peterlin's a hell of a race car, good kid, too, I, I really like that guy, and I like Burdick, too, but good to see them guys both running up front. Sunday, we had the Casino Speedway. We already mentioned Tyler Peterson, Andy Ross, Rosso and the Streeters. Maria Brooks, keep an eye on her. She has a first, second, and second at the Casino Speedway. She started fourth row all three times. She's like Ooh. legit fast, right? 
Um, and then the, the late models, the hot shoe Chad Becker, which 5,000 win right down the road. I get it. He's running for a track championship. I get it. But that's, that'd be a tough one to not go to the 5,000 win race. But he struggled last year at that number. He didn't make the show down at Houston's either. So maybe that was in the back of his mind. Um, little side note, reigning with Soda late model national champion. Um, we, we did this with AJ last year. Like, where's Waldo? Like, I didn't see searing races. Sounds like he's only going to run specials. Um, sounds like he's going to focus on – sounds like he has something to prove. He's like, we spend a lot of money on these cars, and I'm going to race where the money is. So we'll see. Next week there's some pretty big shows, so hopefully we see him there. He's a good wheel, man. But it doesn't sound like he's going to run locally very much, which is surprising. Q-Sits, they had the Ben Norder Memorial up there. Tri-State late models, 5,000 to win, 500 to start. Reigning champ Justin Zeitner got it done. You got to jump on to Dirt Vision and uh, watch this one. Okay. That was on Dirt. Okay. Yeah, jump on to Dirt Vision and watch this. I didn't see the incident, but Scott Ward, come on, man. Um, there's video like on you, right? When you're mad and angry, they, they follow you with the camera. He was not happy, and rightfully so, because somebody shredded him, but Oh, he, he post, might have, post race or what? Post race yeah, or right after the incident and in the infield, like the camera literally like knew how volatile he was and was following him around. It's like, and maybe he don't give a shit, whatever. But it was like Scott, Usa, Usa, right? <laughs> Relax a little bit. And then uh, the Bemidji Speedway had the fifth annual Jack's Barbie Memorial Chicken Shack Nationals Midwest Mods Jeff Reed. Then the modified Josh Bolio, the 22. He's been last year, he had a breakout year. He won a bunch of races. Super stocks fell subject to rain. So that was kind of this last weekend. And like I said, we're not going to go into the power rankings, just not enough races. There's too many people that have two races, three races, four races. We're not going to get into that. But I will really quickly just give you guys somebody to look at. Street stocks, keep an eye on that 15 year old Ty Egan. The kid is absolutely talented. He's going to win races. He started winning some last year. Braden, Braden Brower, he's only 17. He's probably, he had a good, he still won races this weekend. Let one get away probably in, in Alexandria, slipped up a little bit. I think that'll probably eat at him. Um, most wins right now is Jeremy Castro with five and Brower has four. Stephis Street Stock Tour wins went to Agan, Hunter Carter, and um, Justin Vogel. The Midwest Modified Division, right now Matt Heinzerling's leading the way with four wins out west. Jake Smith and Joey Price both have three. The Mod Nationals win. Uh, the Mod National wins. Zach Benson and Jake Smith. Like I said, Rodine broke an ankle. We'll see if that affects him over the next couple weeks. He also has a new IMCA mod coming. So it sounds like Rodine's not going to chase after a natty. Sounds like he's just going to kind of hit the money shows. Rebel Midwest Mod Tour run some IMCA mod stuff. But Jake Smith, dark horse pick. Keep an eye on that twenty-one. Um, 18, 19 years old, maybe somewhere in there. Bob Smith's kid, right? Remember Bob Smith. Super stocks, it's a two-car race. Shane Sabraski, you have company, okay? Shane Sabraski has company because him and Terrence Spacek are both at five wins, okay? Shane Sabraski, of course, is five for five. Like, he ain't lost. I mean, he is. It's like you got Shane Sabraski up here, right? And everybody else. 
SpaceX is quick, but he let a couple slip away. He had a shot there in Superior, faded. He led over at the Helderline Speedway. The opener spun out leading. Not sure what happened. Um, it sounds like he's going to be up in Rapids on Thursday. That's going to be a fun battle. That could be the guy that maybe replaces Kevin Burdick for the national title race. You're going to have to be really freaking good if you want to beat the 7A. Jake Knapper, three for three, but all of the car counts under 10. That's going to hurt him. Trevor Nelson with a thousand to win show um, at Miller. Dave Moss last week, thousand to win show at uh, Brainerd. And uh, Matt Miller, surprisingly fast at the Viking Speedway. Uh, Dirt Dueler, number 13, Mopar, keep an eye on him. He's made a few mistakes there the second night, but for some reason, he's crazy fast. In the modified division, no surprise, 7A, TPO, both have four wins. It's going to be a, it's going to be another battle, okay? Don, or not Don, we all talk about Don Kopp, Brandon Kopp, the one knock on him last year, right? He was a National Rookie of the Year, is he had no marquee wins. Well, he got one, right? He just won the Mont Nationals over at the Don DeClaw Speedway. Congratulations to him, great kid student to the game. Here's another name that you haven't heard in a little while, Andy Jones. Yeah. He, looking pretty sporty keep an eye on him out there he's running a little bit more he's gonna follow the uh, mod tour he's looking pretty good and matt gilbertson with a thousand to win in the late models lance shill a pair of wins in four shows plus fourth at houston or houston hugh sits and troy springborn over in birch neck of the woods three wins on the year we i mean i kind of wrote it off okay that's nick ambling country over there and troy springborn says yeah not so fast. That 81 looking pretty pretty racy. Pat Doerr, one win, three shows, three podiums. Yeah. Eighth, second at Rice Lake, right? I mean, you just you just Yeah, I started dead last in the heat and got, what, second or third, you know, yeah. so and Bob Lap Heat's on a fairly tacky track, but he moved. Lucas Koski, right? Doug Koski's kid had a brand new XR1 rocket out. He got second in the heat at Rice Lake. He faded in the feature. That didn't go as well. But second in the heat, first night in the car. So that was pretty cool. Moss, third at Cusis. Kevin Burdick, um, he's going to win some races. Kevin Burdick's going to win some races. So that's it on on the, uh, I don't know. I got, you, you, didn't, you didn't give me, you didn't keep time and tell me where I'm at. So I, just <laughs> I think it was over 10. But um, <laughs> I, I forgot to mention one thing when I was talking about Eastern Wisconsin. And this is related to a Western Wisconsin driver. But uh those who were at uh, Seymour on Friday night, uh, Mike Mullen was shaking down the car, the IMCA modified that Jesse Glenn's is going to be racing uh, at the Clash at the Creek in, in June. So Yeah, uh, he sent a picture of that. Okay. Yeah. okay. So, uh, um, he pulled off during the feature. Apparently, the motor's not running properly, so it's probably a good thing they're shaking it down so they can get that stuff figured out. Uh, ahead of time they, they have a few weeks to figure it out that, that's smart right there that's smart so let's get into the national recap and i know you guys watch some of this so i'm gonna let you kind of chat about it i'll add something in if i if i you leave something out that i think was important or whatever but let's start with the lucas oil late models right they had the show me 100 down at the at and wheatland god what a beautiful facility down there i mean just incredible but what stuck out to you they had First night rained out, right? Then they had night two, got in. Night three, got in. What stuck out to you guys? Uh, the fact that uh, JD led a whole ton of laps and got zero feature, got zero wins for the weekend. Did you yeah. pick him? 
Uh, no, I picked uh, I picked Bishop. I, I would have been better off picking JD. <laughs> yeah, he led 82 laps is, is what on, on Saturday night is, is what I looked up. Uh, yeah, our buddy Tad Bosmasville, you know, was up while well, he raced in Minnesota country a year ago when they used to do this. Unfortunately, maybe we'll talk about that later. But, you know, this coming week is supposed to be the big South Dakota swing for the 10,000 for the challenge series. And of course that's all gone to the repairable vehicles, tri-states now, but Tad was one of those guys that came up last year. And I think he, he raced the first night and then they got into him with some teching stuff. And he was one of the guys that left. And then that was it Olson. You remember the one? Tad Olson, that, yep. Yeah. That, that uh, Demo was racing for a little bit here and there, but yep. anyway, so that was impossible. Made the show. That was cool. And Owens starting up front. Owens, they specifically said Owens in the Longhorn last weekend. So he's back into the Longhorn. Cause remember he started, didn't he start in the Longhorn? He went back to the rocket. And the last I heard he was in the rocket, but back, back in the Longhorn. But yeah, like I said, the crowd looked pretty good. I mean, that's a big, you know, like I said, I kind of, last week I said that the little old track at West Plains felt a little more grassroots, but if you're going to bring dirt track racing to the next level, that's a facility you want to do it at. And it's incredible. So prelim night, fat kids matter, right? Fat kids matter. Johnny Scott, Right, Viva La Mexico. Great to, is, is that his first Lucas win? I mean, it wasn't a points race, but was that his first big win in a late? Well, I know Stormy has a couple, but I don't believe Johnny does, does he? I'm not sure. Uh, if, if Johnny did, I would say it was something like this a prelim night, you know, or yeah. did Johnny one of them won in Eldora? That's what it was. Did one of them win in a prelim? Stormy. Night? That was Stormy. I think that was Absolutely. Stormy, but great to see Johnny Scott get a win there. And then, of course, we talked about Fergie getting it done. T-Mac had a good run, right? 17th to third. That was pretty impressive. RTJ looked really good over the the course of the weekend. Yeah, he got second. Another guy that looked good, Chad Simpson, 12th to fifth. That's a good run. I wouldn't wouldn't expect Chad Simpson to be one to climb up into the top five at a race like that. So that was uh, probably one of his better runs of his career. did you see the deal with Marlar um, on the prelim night? Remember, it was a little choppy. They had some rain. Of course, they rained out on Thursday, right? And then so Friday, they got it in. And, okay, well, we just got rain. The track, track was beautiful on Saturday. It was choppy on, on Friday. There was some character to the track. Not Eldora character, right? But there was I mean, character. I mean, if you compare <laughs> Friday night at Wheatland with Eldora, uh uh, Wheatland was as smooth as glass <laughs> compared yeah. to Eldora, and we'll get yeah. we'll get into Eldora in a little bit. But I, I think that the thing with uh, Wheatland, um, it's not that it was rough with clogs of dirt, uh, because of the the rain, those racing on the lower groove created like a ridge in the middle of the track so cars are racing above that ridge but if you were racing on the bottom and you caught that ridge wrong you could bicycle and i think that's what happened to marlar yeah so so for those of you maybe that haven't seen it or heard about it marlar bicycle and he come down and the aluminum on on the floor pan his aluminum floor plan buckled up and he thought he at first he thought he broke his leg well he's racing we're doing the show it's monday but he's so he's racing i believe at the 411 but he got out of the car and he was shaken up. Like he, he was injured because his whole cockpit folded up the whole, the whole floor pan. Right. And, and he put a post on Facebook, basically 
you can read it. Just go to Mike Marlar Racing on Facebook. And I took it as bashing the track. Oh, you guys, I mean, I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, it was choppy. It got a little rough. I would be, and I put a post, I got it, it got taken off, but I posted on his page <laughs> and I said, you might consider throwing your chassis builder under the bus instead of throwing the track crew under the bus, right? Because they had to deal with rain. If your floor pan caves in because the car came down too hard, I think they maybe need to look at re how to rebuild these race cars. I think that NASCAR, right? Everybody talks about, oh, we don't like NASCAR, whatever. Okay, that's that's a whole other story. But they, that's not going to happen in NASCAR. The whole floor pan is not going to just buckle up because it's made of aluminum. That ain't going to happen. Okay, so the fact that that thing buckled the way that it did, it could have broke some ankles, could have broke his leg, could have done a lot of things. I don't know. I, I think that sanctioning bodies, um, I think people need to take a closer look at what's underneath the floor in these race cars. It's ridiculous. I mean, they, that, that's where you look at that and you're like, who do you blame? I blame the chassis builder, right? Put a freaking other couple bars underneath there. It ain't a big deal. If they're all the same, who gives a shit, right? So put it in there, make these cars safer. I mean, you get to tracks like Eldora where they're hauling ass and it was rough and now you got cars that really ain't all that terribly safe. Make them safer. It's not that complicated. They can find a way to build traction. They can't add a bar to to make them safer. I don't know. I mean, what's your what's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think. Um, I mean, yeah. There's not necessarily. I mean, in NASCAR, you have that one sanctioning body, and they, you know, when there is an accident, they'll actually uh, impound the car sometimes, and you know, take a look at it and that sort of thing. But I agree from the standpoint that. You know, if some if incidents like this happen, um, the sanctioning bodies and the chassis builders should look at it and, uh, you know, kind of see if this was just a fluke thing or, you know, if, if it could happen more in the future and then make adjustments uh, from there. Yeah, I'd like to see that happen. I, I would definitely like to see a little bit more emphasis on safety where where it's easy to implement that. You know, sometimes it's maybe that's an easy one. I think just got to take a look at the cockpit um puka anything to add on that well no well, the only thing i'm thinking of is you know Eldora's coming up here and remember that vicious roll by jason fager you know and, and saying last year that gosh good thing mars builds a safe car because that was one of the worst rolls i've ever seen you know like you said when they're hauling ass at a place like Eldora, which they do uh you know yeah i was we're glad to see that jason fager walked away a year ago he almost tumbled again I think that was at Fairbury. He bicycled hard going for the lead in the second. Um, the points battle, really quick, uh, Brandon Shepard leading. But TMAC moved up in the second now. Um, still 105 points back, so a little bit of a cushion. Turbo's in third, and then everybody else is way behind that. So, World of Outlaw Late Models, um, they got – I think they only got one night in this weekend, right? One night rained out, one night got in. Um, what, what stuck out to you over at the Sharon Speedway in Hartford, Ohio? Well, one thing that stuck out to me was another strong run by uh, Josh Richards. So, you know, that's, you know, unfortunate now, you know, you don't know what his uh, um, immediate future racing is going to entail, you know, uh, with the accident that uh, took place at Eldora, you know, he was just, just starting to really turn in some really good finishes. So, uh, you know, it makes it really, really unfortunate <laughs> that that happened at Eldora. 
Yeah, yeah and I, you know, about Shane Clanton, kind of the same thing. You know, when you're watching World of All Out Race now, it's Clanton, Clanton, Clanton. You hear it. He's a top five guy. It gets back to our conversation last week. Why did he ever leave the World of Outlaw Series? Or maybe after that first year, just say, look, these guys are just a little, you know, and and uh, so I think he's going to find some success. I know, Ryan, you asked that question last week. Is he going to run the full? Or do you think he's going to drop off? I, like I said, I think he's finding some success. It's got to be nice running in the top five for a change. So my bet is he'll he'll stick around and and uh, maybe, well, no, he can't. That's right. He can't because he got the owner points. But he could, he could go for an owner's points title but he won't be able to get the driver title yeah that's a good point he has been running good of course the reaper ryan gustin parked in victory lane can clanton uh second richards third and uh the point battle there uh dennis herb jr 106 point lead on max blair tanner english uh 148 back and richards was starting to kind of make some ground he's in two is that he's 244 back but hard to say right if he's gonna I don't know how long he's going to be out. I mean, just thoughts and prayers go to hopefully get a speedy recovery. Um, like you said, Bert, you're spot on. He's finally getting around the corner, getting some speed, getting some results. And then that happened. Bad deal. And, and that was at Eldora. And, they, I mean, that was kind of the precursor, right? You know, we're a little over a week out from the million and dream. And so they had, I don't even know what it paid, but a lot of people went to Eldora with, hey, we're going to go there and test. And, I don't think they learned anything, right? No. They learned how to pound can, <laughs> and they learned all that. But I think like eight cars maybe finished. Well, uh, uh, Strickler started 25th and finished second. He did. He did. And he was pretty bold at the end. I don't remember who he passed for second, but he threw a haymaker in there to take it away. Um, Turbo ended up winning that. Brandon, yeah. or not Brandon Shepard, but Bobby Pierce had led, shredded the right rear. Bronson led and stuffed it in the fence. I don't know what, probably rolled something under the tire, rolled the nose. Yeah, and then, well, and the, the cool thing about the streaming was, I mean, they had a reporter in the pits that was by the car before the driver even got out of the car after these wrecks. So, you know, they, they grabbed Daryl Lanigan after yes, he yes. pulled off, and you could tell Lanigan really didn't want to talk to him. I mean... <laughs> He was okay with answering one question, maybe two, but the reporter kept asking questions and it was just like Lanigan's like, you know, I don't want to talk. And I mean, he didn't say that he kept that giving answers, but yeah, then I, uh, they talked to Bronson and his quote was, you know, I might be paraphrasing just a little bit. Cause I don't remember the exact wordage, but when you race in a cow pasture, you're racing in a bunch of shit or something like that. <laughs> he was not. Well, well, and it, uh, when it, you know, the Johnny Appleseed, used to be Labor Day weekend, the weekend before the world. So do they have yeah. two now? Or I, I was really, or I'm not I, I don't sure. know. Yeah, I'm not Talk sure. That? Context anything at all on the streaming? They must have not. Have that I, heard. I, didn't, I didn't hear, but I don't think I had the volume on part of the time. So, um, but yeah, Bert, you're spot on. Like when they went to talk to Lanigan, you could tell he was kind of like, he handled it like a champ. Though. He yeah. did. Yes, he did. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys, right? So they're there with the mindset of testing for the mill that's why they're there. that's the only reason they went right when the track was like that all you gotta do is like not race yeah just pull off oh, yeah so, i mean i get it we're all stupid when we put a helmet on i get it right i mean but at that point like they know what they got right it's not like they were surprised when they got out to their feature like oh wow what happened no they knew what they had 
so when that many people completely destroy shit, right? And there's people that, I mean, they cook motors, they're all heating. I mean, it was a bad deal. I mean, you can blame the track. Everybody's like, oh, I can't believe they put that surface that. I mean, pull off. Like nobody's making, it's not like it's a points race where you have to race, right? It's not like, if you don't want to race, pull off, load up, go home, watch everybody else wreck their shit. I've seen guys do that. I give Jody Delphi shit for every time he does it, but he doesn't destroy his shit either on a cowboy up racetrack right so i mean it is what it is the surprising thing to me is that uh this is the second time eldora's had horrible track conditions because if you remember that flow race the track was in in bad shape but they blamed it because it was so early in the season you know that that's why the track was rough and uh but I mean, now we're at the end of May and you have your million dollar race a week and a half away. And you put, I mean, how many laps was that feature? 30, 40? I mean, can you imagine another 60 or 70 laps on that? <laughs> Nobody would finish. I mean, it'd be like, you'd be, there'd be like three cars left and we'd be like, we're just going to go like 30 around the racetrack so we can make it. And then we'll race the last two laps. I mean, this might be the best dirt <laughs> late model race ever in two or ten days <laughs> it could, well let, let's be honest tony stewart's got he's got resources right oh and yeah I, I guarantee he looked at the track and was like holy shit like that no that, i yeah, yeah i agree with you on that <laughs> but if it rains leading up into that i mean that that's soft i mean it's right i don't know i mean it's it'll be interesting to see what happens and then, and then of course the last thing in the national scene the world of outlaw sprint cars they're racing right now i'm not sure uh i'm not sure what's going on over at lawrenceburg but they raced at atomic and uh puka you said that you uh you watched a little bit of that anything stick out to you yeah well bucky bobby was there led to both laps and, and pulled it off but i'll tell you that shark racing group alan and shuhart you know we've talked shuhart's been there too for about the last month shuhart's right there and and even alan you know uh he, he grabbed one a couple of weeks ago and so that shark racing group, they've got their, they've got their shit together right now. Um, and even Boggy Bobby, he's, uh, he just tied Macedo for four wins on the season. So those, those are your leaders right now, Macedo and, and Buggy Bobby with four each. How are you related to them? I mean, is it the hat? You got the flat bills going on half the time. I mean, that's shark racing. They're a bunch of flat bills. Dude, they got the flat like, bills? Yeah. Oh, they look like, yeah, they look like they're kind of just, Cheech, the new version of Cheech and Chong, maybe. I'm not really sure, but yeah, they're on the pump. Now, I got one question on the world of outlaws here. Have you ever seen a yellow flag come out for smoke from fireworks? <laughs> what, what was happened. that lap? It was, they, were, they weren't even five laps in, right? Three, four laps right. in, something like that. Right. And yeah. all of a sudden, Bert, so Bert didn't see this. They no. throw the yellow flag and there's like nothing going on on the track. The air was so thick that they did their fireworks show before the races during the four wide salute that the smoke settled. It looked exactly like, you know, remember, Puka's uh, been there when Superior Proctor's fog, the fog. fog up. It looked exactly like fog just hovering over the track. Nobody could see nothing. They actually had to let the smoke settle so they could get back to green flag racing. Well, I was actually at Eldora one year for the World 100 and they had to stop the race because fog did roll in. <laughs> yeah, we've had that a lot in Superior and Proctor. And then, of course, the points. 
Brad Sweet still leading, not winning, but he's still leading, right? And uh, the top five guys separated by 88 points. So the best points battle of them all is the World of Outlaw, World of Outlaw Sprint Car action. So what do you say? You got anything to add on this past week's events? Uh, anything there? Um, Go ahead. Well, I guess uh, I forgot to mention this too. Uh, Justin Ritchie got the win at Plymouth third track in the late models. Um, oh, time you mentioned that. Justin Ritchie, you finally get the <laughs> love there from Burt. All right. So. Hey, congratulations. He, he started off fast last year, and then he kind of faded at the end of the year, so good to see him back at Victory Lane. Well, let's get into a blast to the past, guys, brought to you by Impact Health Sharing. Um, folks, if, if you're paying for your own health care, self-employed, or maybe you don't have health care because it just costs too much, shoot me a message, shoot me a text, see if I can help you out been able to help people save a ton of money on their healthcare costs and you know love to see if we can maybe help you so episode number 131 do either one of you have a 131 i do not no I sir do. i do royal jones really royal jones there you go proud owner of vato speedway right i mean he owns everything right we'll see a valley transport border international sponsors a ton of race cars but so he races his son bumper jones holly jones used to race they had like three or four big stacker haulers and all that but royal runs in the modified division i think i don't know if he still races or not but uh he ran the 131 car was pretty quick and um they've done a lot for the sport royal jones and, and uh, everybody down there in that area built a racetrack i mean you see it i mean these sponsors on the national scene a lot of cars too so Royal Jones and 131. So number 31. Bert, we'll start with you. Who do you got? Uh, I have two from Eastern Wisconsin. Uh, uh, the first is uh, Merv Roloff. Um, he raced IMCA uh, Modifieds. And um, I mean, he was, I don't even, he was in his 60s or, or maybe even 70s at the end of his racing career. And he was always in the back. Um, sometimes getting lapped, but he was there every week. Uh, he's actually the father of Brad Roloff, who's going to be inducted into the Shano Speedway Hall of Fame uh, next month. And then uh, my other one is Gary Rayborn, who raced, uh, he raced late models at Shano Speedway, well, other area tracks also, but he also raced in the mini stock division um, when uh, Shano Speedway had mini stocks back in the 80s, and uh, he is in the Shano Speedway Hall of Fame. So those are the two Eastern Wisconsin drivers I have. And then uh, you were talking about Trent Fulmer earlier. Uh, he was 31, correct? Before? He was. He so, was. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I, what, I mean, whether it was modified or late model, I was back in a late model after a few years off. Extremely talented driver. Um, he's won in everything he's been in. Um, it, it's good to see him back behind the wheel. And it sounds like he struggled a little bit. Puka, you can maybe mention that. Or sounds like he was not quite getting the handle on things and hibbing, but I, I don't think it'll take him long to get that thing dialed in. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he backpedaled in the heat. I think he got last or second to last. And, and then the feature, I think he was an early exit in the feature after just, just a handful of laps. But yeah, like I said, it's been a while. And then I see he got some laps in Rice Lake. I didn't really see how he finished there, but um, I agree. I don't think it'll take him too long. 
So as far as number 31, well, of course, I've got the legend up here in the Northland, the guy who actually ran two numbers, right? The bounty hunter himself, Johnny Johnson, right? He was 31 and then double zero. Then did he finish at 31? He had a 112 for one year or something, too. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I think he did finish at 31. I think then Wakefield drove his car. And then now, of course, Travis Budislavich's grandkid. Right. But what when you think Johnny Johnson, the first thing that comes to mind is what? The guy in the mouth. That's that's uh, good stuff. That is always good. a guy in the mouth. All right. So I got a Johnny Johnson story. Okay. So I, I think the old hall, right? Because I mean that was Dick oh, that yeah, Terry. Was it Terry's place? The, the, no, I don't remember Terry's place, but it was the, was the I know what you're talking about though. Yeah. yeah. The Roto Rooter he had on the side of it. I remember oh, that. Yeah. yeah. And us uh, A and dubs, I think. But he had that unique collar, which I believe was Dick Trickles, and then it was Tom Stidings, and then it became Johnny oh. John. Yeah, and I never knew that history of it, so that's kind of a cool history. But Johnny Johnson did track prep for a number of years as well, okay? And we're over at the Proctor Speedway, and they had this stupid point average lineup system. So if you're a racer, like, and you win, like, you hate the point average because you got to start freaking back all the time, right? And it was a 12-car invert. And the super stocks ran first every every night after intermission. And he would go out there and he'd grade down the track, right? Well, it would drag the marbles down at one lane on the bottom. And I was just like, I was just not having it. It never failed. The guy up front would spin out, wreck our shit. And it was just finally I had enough. And I walked right up to him and I just reamed him a new ass, right? I'm like, do you even watch races? Like you're stupid. Like just getting on him, right? I pull into the track the next week. And it had been dry all week, dry, right? I pull in and I go to park in my spot and I look, it looked like Lake Superior, like flooded. I'm like looking around, I'm like, huh. I look over at Johnny, got the cigar <laughs> in the mouth and a smirk on his face. I'm like, no shit. And, and so he got me. It was, it was pretty good. I asked him about that at him. I'm like, did you do that on purpose? And, he just got the shit-eating grin, and, and the, yeah, I got to say, that was that was classic. He got me on that one. So who else do you got? You got anyone else on 31? That's what I was going to mention, of course, his grandson, Travis. So that's all I got for 31. So how about you? All right. So I'm going to quiz you here, then. Five-time Wissota Modified National Champion. Ronnie? Ronnie? Yeah. Yeah. He's Right, he was thirty-one. He yeah. was in the, he was the red seven forever, but he had but the Jim Cash. He's thirty-one. That great silver car. It was, yeah, I mean, he was, and then it was red. He had a red one too. But Ron Jones in the thirty-one, he used to race Proctor, and he used to come up north all the time. But Jones was unbelievable, you know. So between red seven and thirty-one, he's got to be one of the best to ever strap into a modified. Um, so that that would easily be one of my first ones right there. Hibbing Raceway. Literally, for years and years and years, he was active, right, in the Hibbing Raceway. And in, in raced, right, had a kid that raced for a number of years, sat on the board. He might have been president of the track, tragically lost his life a couple of years back, him and his wife in a car accident. Kevin Davey. That's Kevin Davey. So that's the guy right there, you know. I mean, he, he lived Hibbing Raceway. I mean, he was... Very, very supportive of the Iron Range Racing Association. 
and him and his wife Kathy did a lot. And then Andy, Andy, uh, he was a good racer. He hasn't turned laps in a couple of years either. Um, so looking at that, we got Royal Jones, Johnny Johnson, Trent Fulmer, Ron Jones, Kevin Davy, and then quite honestly, uh, I don't know how you guys didn't get this one because I'm saving the best for last, right? Easily the number one on the list. Um, pure stock track champion over at the Proctor Speedway. Um, also, multi-time national champion crew chief for probably the coolest guy to ever strap into a super stock. I don't want to mention anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Shanga, right? Jim McClellan, uh, best man in his wedding, good buddy of mine, but he was number 31 and uh, and he got her done. He, he definitely, he, he knew how to race and actually kind of an interesting story. Remember I drove for Befra? Yeah. He kind of, for whatever reason, Befra had talked to him about maybe driving his other car for him and he told Beffer, he goes, why don't you call Ryan and have him drive, right? And so he kind of got me in connection with Frank Beffer along with Provenzino, and that's how that all came to be. But uh, I tell you what, he was my right-hand man. All my national championships, he was the guy giving me stick signals. Um, he was the guy, he did a lot of work on the car. He was crawling underneath it. I pissed him off countless times because I'd be like, oh, shit, they're doing something to the track. Let's change the whole car. And like five minutes before the race, oh, shit change it back. Right. And, and he, he always got it done, but we had a really good communication as far as, you know, I, I could feel a certain thing and he could kind of see it, but um, I owe a lot of my national championship success to, to my buddy Changa. So Jim McCollum in the 31. So let's jump into the next segment here, guys, little who's hot and who's not brought to you by yeah, look at the mugs. Bert, I still got to get you yours, but we got the yeah, we got the mugs going. So jump on bluelinebrews.com, get your mugs. Also, I don't know if they still have them, but they did have some shirts uh, per Ukraine. And then the money was going to a kid charity in Ukraine. I don't know if they had have any left, but they sold hundreds and hundreds of them. Um, so while you're there, like I said, get your you support Ukraine shirt. Get your Blue Line Brews, of course, 10% of profits always go back. The men and women who have fallen or been injured in the line of duty. While you're there, the promo code is SAVE15 if you're online. So type that in at checkout. You'll save 15% on your first order. Uh, and then again, like I said, look for this packaging northern, over towards Ashland and northern Wisconsin, the Twin Ports area, Bemidji, Minnesota area, the Iron Range of Minnesota. There is Blue Line Brews up on the shelves in some select places there. So keep an eye out for this logo and it's great coffee with a good cause absolutely so guys who do you got Puka, we'll start with you who's hot well we talked a little bit about buggy bobby taking the the lead now in wins or, or along with mesita had four wins apiece so i'm kind of liking buggy bobby right now and troy springborn i don't know if i'm stealing one from you there bert but like i said it's it sounds like he's uh, kind of a rocket here early in the year <laughs> go ahead bert <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was I was going to take the local route this week and say Troy Springborn, uh, but I'll throw another one out there. Uh, Chris Ferguson, I mean, if you win a crown jewel like that, uh, you deserve to be uh, named on the who hot, who's hot list. Well, he won another one earlier this year, right, at Bristol. Was that a 25 or 50 that he won there? It was a prelim, but so, yeah, it, was, it wasn't the big money, but, well, they're all kind of money, aren't they? I think they were, yeah. They might have all, were they all 50? 
I can't remember, but he I won one really of those. Remember. Yeah, yeah, he won one of those. So that's a good one right there. So I have the Iron Man Shane Sabraski. He's already got nine feature wins. I mean, we barely raced, right? He's got nine feature wins. <laughs> five for five in the Wasota Superstock. And and quite honestly, I'm he's like light years faster than everybody else, just incredibly smooth. Four in the modified. I also had Troy Springborn written down just in case, right? And uh, so three wins on the year, two Dirt King wins. Hey, that's a, I mean, like you said, kind of surprising that he had zero Dirt King wins coming in, but he's got two already this year. That's good to see. And then this guy right here, the one TPO, four of the last five he's won, including three in a row over at the Baddest Bullring in South Dakota, the Casino Speedway. Who's not? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Bishop. Um, since he made the announcement that he was going to Lucas, he just hasn't been parking it in victory lane and in those races. Uh, he's winning the not he's winning non-sanctioned races, but uh, he's not winning any of the Lucas races. And you know, he really you know when I watch the races, you know, it's like he wasn't even racing near the front uh, over the weekend. Luca, I just got a question for you. Isn't that Bert's fault? He picked them. <laughs> well <Right? laughs> just saying <laughs> no but i think it is a great point you are right he definitely has cooled down and and you know i'm i'm gonna dial it back to the world of outlaw sprint cars you know that point battle is really tightening because sweet and gravel shots is out to lunch but even sweet gravel and mesito they're they're there but they're not winning and and like i said now Shuhart's winning and, and buggy bobby's winning and and so that that like you said, it's going to be an interesting points race. It's going to come down to it because I think Gravel and Sweet will rebound to win some races. But, you know, and then, uh, you know, Spencer Basin throwing his name in the hat and some other guys. So those guys have really cooled up. Well, Bert, did you, you finally gave up on picking Sweet, didn't you? Correct. I, yeah, I haven't picked him for a while. <laughs> yes, good, good choice. <laughs> How about you, Ryan? I'm going to get in trouble for this because a fan of our show, buddy of mine, won the Go Show sticker on the side of both sides of his car. Oh, I'm going to go with the coach, Jeff Krause. I, I mean, he ran okay, you know, but not great. But I got to be honest, when your pit guy's kid whoops your ass, I, I, I'm just saying, I, I don't know. I mean, I, is that a sign of old age or what? I mean, He's like, he goes, cripes, I set up his car. We got the same stuff. He's, he just whooped me. I'm like, I, I don't know. So, Jeff Krause, you're on the non-hot list. <laughs> I'm getting in trouble for that one, for sure. <laughs> so, let's go back. Let's go to our lock of the week. And guys, my lock of the week, of course, is real estate by Jay Schmidt over in Watertown, South Dakota. Over 20 years in business, um, heavily involved in the racing community. His dad raced, his dad still races in the street stock division. His kids racing in the Beastman late models over there, got a win under his belt already. He's raced a number of years, hasn't for a few um, health issues there. But if you need real estate transactions, whether it's land or commercial or residential, whatever it may be, the lock of the week, be sure bet is real estate by Jay Schmidt in Watertown, South Dakota. So with that said, Bert, let's start with you. What is your lock of the week? Um, I haven't been too good on these lately, but, uh, I will go with, uh, Jimmy Mars winning the Dirt Kings race at Mississippi Thunder. Is that who you picked in our pickums? Yes. Okay. All right. I got Shalanon Child 
NAS Energy, River City Speedway, Friday night, Grand Forks, North Dakota. And this one's for my buddy Dave, because he's the number one fan of this guy. Dave, by the way, he, uh, tw guys, 20, 20, 20th to 5th um, at the Sycamore Speedway opener. Um, had some mechanical issues in the heat, but 20th to 5th, a great comeback with a car not running right. So good start to the year. But his favorite driver, the smooth operator, Bobby Pierce. Um, he's going to get her done. He's going to win the World of Outlaw feature at Tri-City at Granite City, Illinois. So they got, it's kind of weird, right? They're running Castro Flow Racing Night in America there Wednesday, and then they go back, what is it, Friday? So they must have a night off in between there. Yeah, I, I can't remember which day, but yeah, they're there twice this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Joliet canceled, but they're gonna. There's two races this week. One's Castro, one's Woo. Bobby Pierce will win the World of Outlaw race over there. So let's jump in. What is the next segment here, guys? What do we got here? I think we're the last lap. It's Wednesday and Friday for the Wednesday and Friday. Race. Yeah. Okay. Last lap. Ready? I am. I am. Brought to you by our friends over at Zuli's Race Engines. Give Frank a call. Ryan, you got any? Uh, do we have any spark this week with Zulis? Any winners? I'm to be honest with you, I mean, it's going to get hard to do this segment in less than like five minutes because, I mean, they're, they're winning nonstop, right? <laughs> Just jump on the Zuli Race Engines on Facebook, and it's kind of cool. He posts all his winners. Justin Vogel, the Wolverine, day two, Stephis Street Stock Tour winner at the Viking Speedway, Andy Rosso at Casino, Brandon Hakla over at the Tomahawk Speedway, Billy Christ in Jamestown with his son Jaden got second, Rob Petroff in Belgrade, Montana. Jaden Chris got her done at Brown County. Jake Knapper, three for three in the Super. Trey Hess over at River Cities. I tell you what, this guy builds power, builds good engines. All these people are very happy with his stuff. I mean, if you can't beat them, join them. Give Frank a call at ZuliRaceEngines.com, right? So with that said, what do we got here? So Husets, right? Uh, just short and quick, I mean, the racing was good. Got a little volatile. I mean, three Wasota guys in the top four. Photo finish on the sprint car. They got their haulers out of there, guys, in the nick of time. Because I didn't see any damage to haulers, so everybody must have been gone. But, boy, that place took a pounding from that storm that went through last night. Did you see pictures of that? Yeah, that's bad. And now, now Brad, our friend of the show posted, or he texted us and said they announced at the World of Outlaw show, because, of course, World of Outlaws race there this Sunday, Grand Forks Friday, Houston's on Sunday, and it sounds like they're planning on racing. Like, they said, hey, we'll have it back together. We'll be good to go. So, um, pretty cool to see, because that there's a lot of history. That's a big show to have happening out there. Um Alexandria, right? Remember they canceled the, what a couple weeks ago or whatever for the storms that went through. They got storms again today. Tornadoes went through their touchdown. Houses damaged, absolutely crazy. So just complete mayhem over there. Did you guys by chance watch the Indy 500? Um, I watched uh, the last few laps. We we talked about this during the week on the group. I said I haven't seen. No, I don't consume. A lot of tradition. I don't have a traditional TV. I don't have a traditional cable, but I have been watching TV. I've been watching, you know, the NHL playoffs, and then I watch some of this streaming for the racing. That's pretty much it. But not a nothing on the internet. Nothing. Nothing. Zero. Zilch. 
on the Indy well, 500 this year. Clearly, some people knew about it. Okay, three hundred and twenty-five thousand fans is what I read. Well, and I believe it because they did that Holy doc. Shit. They did that documentary last year. You guys remember what it was called? And in it, and it shot Indy into the stratosphere. Let me see if I can find it here. It was last so, season. And I get so why are you looking that up? I have YouTube TV, right? So that's what I watched it on was YouTube TV. I'm sitting in the hotel, right? I'm in Superior, Wisconsin. I'm here for the weekend. Our freaking so up in northern Minnesota and up, up here, I got called today, Bert, and they said, don't come to class tomorrow. I'm like, why? Like half the people around in, in the Halberlines facility, COVID. So we're on, we're on, so we got to, I think we got to go take a COVID test to see if we test negative before we can go back to class. I'm like, I'm ready to go. Just test me. I'm good. I want to get on the road and start trucking. But so I'm like, I'm sitting here bored out of my mind. I'm like, I'm actually making some dinner in a crock pot and all that. And like, I think Indy's on, right? And I turned it on. I watched the better part of the race, but 325,000, it was packed. I'm like, oh my God, right? I mean, I'm thinking as a dirt fan, I get it. It's once a year. It's Indy. It's once a year. But what did, what's the Daytona 500 hat for fans? Not that, do they? Oh, no, not that. <clears throat> um, I don't so, even know. Well, they may be over a hundred thousand. I mean, I know Daytona took out seating yeah. a few yeah. years ago because they weren't selling it out. So well, I, I can't find the name. Somebody please comment. There's people that know, but it, like I said, it, because they had a real tight point battle last fall. It was fantastic for them. They did a great job. And there were many people saying, not just racing, but any sport, this is how you promote your sports. You get the cameras in there. You start showing this, you know, it was documentaries well-produced. But and then you're posting every week and showing all the different behind the scenes, the drama, the you know, the get the emotions in there. And so maybe that's why they weren't doing a lot of advertising. Maybe they knew they had a good thing going. Because that's I what know, you can do. Got a good thing going. I, I know so our, our friend Mason, so for Mason Aaron's videos, he's been editing our videos for us, right? Which is great. So check him out, Mason Aaron's videos on, on Facebook. Um, but they do a podcast called the Track Packers Podcast. So it's it's uh, Mason. And then there's another guy, I can't remember his name. But then there's Jessup and Becca Pelkey. So Jessup was a goalie. I think he was back a goalie on the state tournament team for Hermantown. So you might know that name. Do you know, do you know Jessup Pelkey? Do you know that name? I don't. Okay, so you look it up because you probably know who it is. You're a hockey guy. But they went to India. So I'm, I'm going to talk to them here this weekend. I wish I could have talked to them before. But, I mean, I, the atmosphere, they're unbelievable. Bert, did you see what they got paid? So the winner of this race, our late model expert is Jeff Erickson, right? The winner of this race, Marcus Erickson. As it turns out, they're not related. Um, <laughs> and did you see what he got paid to win? No. $3.1 million. Really? <laughs> We're talking cubic money. I'm not a huge I'm like that's the only IndyCar race I've watched in the last decade, probably, right? But right. do you know who was leading the race with about 10, 15 to go? Jimmy? Jimmy Is that Johnson. Jimmy Johnson led the race. Yeah, and, and it and it was only because he hadn't cycled through pit. He was the last guy to pit and he led a few laps. It's like, well, hey. He led the Indy 500, right? I mean, oh. how many people can say that? He, but with five to go, he fenced it hard. Like he, he, when you hit the wall, it's like a video game. They just destroy shit, yeah. right? 
Well, then the red flag come out and they kind of had like, I don't know if it was three laps to go. I don't think it was a green white checkered. I think it was a three lap to go deal. What's crazy is when you watch the line, they go around. Like the well, leader- I, was, I was just going to bring that up. I mean, I haven't watched the Indy 500 for a while and what, you know, I'm watching. It's like, what's this snake they're doing down the front, you know, down the straightaways because they don't even drive straight. They're drive, driving like a snake because they're trying to break the aerodynamic. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was impressive. I, I'm kind of glad I watched it really. Cause I mean, it was, it's a spectacle. It's, it's kind of something that I, I never thought I would say this, but maybe a bucket list deal to get down to Indy. I mean, that's a, I mean, it's, it's a big deal. 300 some thousand people there. Oh my God. I mean, that's unbelievable. So um, the picks this week, guys, I have them right here in front of us. And we got one more race here yet tonight. Uh, we're, we're airing this on Monday. It might already be done. I'm not sure. But uh, our current standings before the sprint cars is Puka, Mr. Flat Bill himself at 63. And I'm, I'm still two behind at 61. Jeff's at 60. Bert's at 55, Mike's at 27, Brad's at 18. Not sure what happened in the sprint cars. We'll find out if that changes. But, guys, we have 10 races that we're picking this week, right? We could have picked more. We could have picked NLRA. We could have done more, and there's one that canceled. But we're picking the Castro Flow Racing Night in America at Tri-City on Wednesday, a pair of Lucas Oil races at Mineral Wells, right, West Virginia Motor Speedway. 15,000 to win night one, 50,000 to win night two. That's that monster half mile that, like, every time they go there, like, five cars finish. That'll be an interesting one to see how much shit gets destroyed down in West Virginia. Five ace mile track. World of Outlaw late models Friday night at Tri-City. A pair of World of Outlaw sprint car shows coming over our direction. The River City Speedway and Grand Forks and, of course, Husets. Three USMPS mod shows. And we're going to pick a Dirt King show, 5,000 to win at Mississippi Thunder. So 10 races in all this week. And uh, with that said, guys, um, I'm going to jump into just a couple things here that above and beyond that that we have going on. And then I want you guys to tell me what your weekend plans are and what you're most looking forward to. So above and beyond that, Puka touched on it earlier, the Dakota State Fair Speedway this weekend has a pair of races, three grand to win on Thursday five grand to win on saturday it drives me nuts right that huron does that i get it because they have wheel jam which is a big deal at the dakota state fair but that's just sucks for the drivers that they got to be there thursday and leave go race and come back friday saturday i mean but i get why they do that it's out of his control those should be good um the king of dirt so i-94 speedway right they got a double header this weekend friday and saturday it's the Rebel Midwest Mod Tour opening double header. Saturday is the NLRA late model show, the King of Dirt, the Dick Johannic King of Dirt. Three um, NLRA shows this weekend. River Cities on Friday. Um, there is an NLRA late model shows. They're actually bringing in the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars for a support class for that. And then Saturday, of course, they're going to Fergus. And Sunday, they're going to Cheyenne. So Lisbon... They, they've had like seven races or eight races that have all canceled. Like they haven't even started yet. They, they scheduled things way earlier. Um, what else we got? We got the USMTS mods, Lisbon. Oh, and this last one here, a big one. Thunder City Speedway opening up this weekend in Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada, Puka. They have a three-day show. 
and it is, um, I think, practice, and they might run supers or whatever the first night, but they have a pair of 2,500 to win modified races and a 5,000 to win Midwest mod race up there at the Thunder City Speedway. Good luck to those north of the border. Um, looking forward to seeing that place. A lot of history. They're looking for a big car count. So, guys, what are your plans for this weekend, and what are you guys looking forward to? Uh, I plan on going to Toronto Speedway on Saturday night, and um, I'm probably most looking forward to the Dirt Kings race because uh, finally get the East versus the West together. Uh, I mean, I know Dirt Kings raced at Red Cedar, but you didn't get all of the the West there, so uh, this will be a true East versus West type of a feel to it. Yeah, I'm my most looking forward to Grand Forks and seeing the Woo Sprints. I won't be there. I'm most likely will just be, uh, you know, around here locally for sure, hibbing on Saturday. But this, yeah, looking at this tri-state late model series. So like I said, Thursday racing, Saturday racing. Aberdeen used to pick up that Friday night as a challenge series. I mean, this was one of the biggest weeks because right? it was that 10,000 to win. And, and this is where Wazota got a little, you know, kind of screwed up last year and pissed some people off. They actually, like I said, that Tad Pospisil, the people like that are actually in the house. Uh, but just surprising that they didn't pick up that, or nobody picked up a date, you know, right there. That seems like almost like an opportunity a little bit. Right. Um, so interested to see how many Wazota cars will choose that, choose the De South Dakota stuff versus some of the NLRA stuff. Yeah, that'll be interesting. You got the tri-state deal at, at Huron, right, for five grand yep. wins. I think it, I don't know what the pay is, but I feel like it's four or five grand to win at, at Fergus too, isn't it? For the King of Dirt usually. So I, I, I haven't seen the pay, but that's typically a good one on Saturday too. So they're head to head, which is unfortunate, right? I mean, that they got a race right. against each other as, as few races as there are, but a lot of local stuff going on this weekend, right? I mean, Grand Rapids opens up, Superior races, a regular show on Friday, Hibbing races Saturday, Proctor races on Sunday. So I'm kind of looking forward to that all four tracks in the home area, all racing on the same weekend. Hopefully Mother Nature cooperates. I mean, there's, there's a ton. I mean, there's no shortage of racing. I mean, racing cannot survive without people in the grandstands. It just, it just can't happen. Right. So if you love racing, pick, pick a track, go to a track, go to a race, bring somebody with you. I challenge people to do that. Not just go, but, See if there's some people you work with, some neighbors, some friends, whatever, and try to bring somebody that hasn't been to a race. Try to bring somebody with you. Expose them to it. Bring them down the pits and introduce them to some people. Try to get somebody else involved. And, uh, again, no shortage. The official, right, the official streaming platform of all with soda action, of course, Dirt Race Central. So watch DRC.TV. Pay-per-view for all the shows live but you can buy a monthly subscription and get all the replays of that. And they, they have a lot of coverage. So if you like local racing, there's a lot of specials, a lot of stuff going on, get dirt race central. They got really good stuff. So with that said, um, Puka, any closing thoughts on your end? I forgot about rapids on Thursday. It's actually on my planner. So I'll probably be at rapids on Thursday also for the opener. So it just, the way the weather's been, I'm still not, it's been hard to get the brain in summer mode. You know, we're high of 50 tomorrow. High of 50. I've been known in Superior. It's been like 40. Yeah. Oh, today, today here it was 90. <laughs> That's what happened awesome. here. I'm, I'm listening right now, and the wind is a whipping off of Lake Superior right now. 
Yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow here is supposed to be warm and, you know, 30 to 40 mile an hour winds. Uh, and then it cools down into the 70s for like the next seven days. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, I so tell you what, no shortage of racing at all. None. Yeah, exactly. We're getting going. Anything else, guys? Nope. All right. We'll take her home then. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We do appreciate you taking some time with us. And like I said, a lot of racing going on. So catch us again next week as we'll cover a lot of it. Thank our great partners, Dirt Track Supply, Brad Parsons, Soil and Egg Solutions, Jay Schmidt Real Estate, Zulie's Race Engines, Impact Health Sharing, Blue Line Brews, Mason Aaron Videos, the one to go show at gmail.com, or else you can find us on TikTok, Snap, Facebook, YouTube, and Podcast. So with that being said, uh, once again, thank you for joining us. Hope you had a great Memorial Weekend. Get out there and be your dream. You're tuned to the one to go show. A production of Gold Sports Media, LLC.